What's up? What up? What's up? What y'all doing? I'm going to try this again. Um, <laughs> we did one of these a month and a half ago, and it got lost. And I feel like we've done another episode, that, and it got lost. And I feel like we've done another episode that got lost, and that was just due to some you yeah, know, we've shoddy done, production value. We've done 12 episodes. Yes. 10 of them we've aired. Right. So that's where we're at. One right now. day we're going to take everything that we've lost and compile it into a lost episode. That's going to be. I already told Josh we're going to do that. So and that's I'm the saying, plan. And it's crazy too because it was always those episodes were like, okay, what did I say? I don't yeah, remember what I said. Like kind of. But I know it was. I don't know. Maybe they're lost for a reason. That's what. That's <laughs> yeah, you, you and I were talking about my, my future political career. Or you, you and I were talking about medications that we had just gotten off, and yeah. Cheryl was like, "Yeah, y'all pretty much uh, you told a lot about your uh, personal medical histories." <laughs> hey, <laughs> so, fuck it, man. Well, maybe it's supposed to be yeah. lost. So, um, yeah, but no, man, it's been God. It's, it feels like it's been a long. It's been time. a long two months, or it however long it's been like, since uh, last time we did one of these. I've and, got. A new grandson. I've got. I got the flu. Oh man! We already talked about that. June. It's because you never go outside and sweat. Yeah, I don't. Sweat. Yeah, 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 I stay inside. Your I, body you know, thinks it's winter. Yeah, my body's like. Man, I don't fuck with you, dude. I'm not on a roof like I should be. <laughs> you probably weren't drinking enough tequila to. Combat. That's what. That's you immediately what, what he and said. And I will say that. I will say because I. I didn't. I kind of curbed my drinking. You know, kind of just backed it down a little bit and. Um, cause I found like sometimes I'd get home and, and, and it would be, it, it's a stimulant for me. It's a stimulant. You know, it's like, I get more stuff done when I, when I drink tequila, but then it was like, well, I'll just, you know, I want to go to bed and I feel kind of tired. And then like my body and I actually feel like one of those dang, uh, Instagram, YouTube men's vitamins commercials, you know, like, <laughs> like, you know, right here is your, is your T low? Is your sex drive low? Do you have trouble getting out of bed? I'm like, Yes, 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 you know, and take this miracle drug. Uh, but, uh, you know, it was, I turned 50 and I was fine, you know, cool as I was. And I don't know, maybe it's psychosomatic, it's probably psychosomatic, but it was like, I felt like that, that price is right yodeler. Like, and then you get to the very top and you went too far, you just crashed. That's kind of like me, like, yeah, it's all good. And then exponentially just, and I don't know what it is, and, but I'm taking vitamins, I'm taking, you know, B12 and I'm taking iron, but see, I, I have thalassemia, so I have a blood disorder. So I have to take um, supplements because I have low iron. Yeah. And um, there's two different types of thalassemia, beta and an alpha or something. I, I've got the one that's non-lethal or non, you know, the one that doesn't, it's not bad. It's just not good, so. Yeah. But I'm always like, you know, feel tired and stuff like that, so. Huh. More tequila. I think. Yeah, I think. I I feel like it's just the lack of tequila. That's what it sounds like. And you're probably right. So, well, we have a few. Yeah, our cups are empty. (laughs) That's right. We're we're talking and not. Okay. So, what? I brought. Said last last time we we went we had our thing. I brought this Gonzalez brand, and I know it's it's a zero additive brand, and I brought the reposado, and it was really good. I really enjoyed it. So today, in honor of you, because I know you like it, I brought uh, I brought the Cristalino. This was about eighty dollars. The reposado was like about like forty. So hopefully this tastes twice as good. Um, But that's what I brought. Okay, I have um, Lunazol, um, but I found this El Humoso, which is a it's a smoked blanco. So I know it's not going to be a mezcal, right. and hopefully it's not going to taste like a mezcal. I feel like it's just going to be a, a little bit smoky, a little hint of smoke. We'll see. Yeah. Um, and then I have the Hussong's, the platinum, which I, I don't. That we haven't had it. 
I'm not the platinum. We haven't had the platinum. Have you had it? No. 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 Well, so we haven't had it on the show. We definitely We've had have, the brand on the show. Right, but we haven't had, had this, the platinum. So um, this is Anejo, I believe. And um, shout out to Cuban Liquor. They hooked us up with those two. And then, Jose, what do you have? Uh, it's called Partida. Uh, it's just something I've been seeing on the internet, kind of a lot of people drinking, so I kind of wanted to check it out. Uh, of course, reserve. Additive-free tequila, which I know that's kind of a, a thing we've been on here lately, with the, that kind of stuff, so... It'd be interesting to try. But when I was looking at the NOM numbers, this brand right here, the distillery only makes this brand. Yeah. It doesn't make a million different brands. Which is crazy because normally that doesn't happen. And I've I've had that actually, um, I've had this brand a few times. I've had it out too because some places are using it for a whale and that's a really good whale in my opinion. It's got a, a blue label, blue and black label also, right? Yeah, doesn't that's, like, the, that's the regular Blanco. So I, I just realized like, uh, when I saw that label in that bottle, I was like, I've seen this tequila somewhere mm-hmm. before. One of the food vendors for my birthday last year gifted me their Reposado, uh-huh. and I just remember that I never touched it. So it's in the fridge at the Seven Tap, so I'll have to... It's good, <laughs> but I haven't... Yeah. I've only had their Blanco. Um, I haven't had their Anejo, their Reposado. Um, it's a new brand in the market. I say new. It's been around for like a year or so. But um, actually, it's funny because... There for a while I was hitting. Well, yeah, we'll start with it. There for a while I was hitting hitting some tequila places up, and I was like, "Hey, man, you want a sponsor? You know, blah blah." And they were like, "Oh no, we're not looking for anyone." And this was the first one to shut me down. (laughs) But I like their stuff, so I'm just keep drinking it. Yeah, exactly. Let's see what you get. It's about. But I will say this. So it's just a smoked one, which is uh, used cooked mesquite. uh, Uses cooked mesquite wood, smoked agave alongside fresh Weber Blue agave, creating one of a kind smoked blanco tequila. Smoke expression. Marries the subtle herbal roots and chili pepper hints among the beautiful, bright fruitiness of Blanco tequila. So I figured, you know, like I'm always barbecuing, so let's smoke some tequila, yeah, you know, whatever. Yeah, there you go. All right, I'm just going to do a little bit because I'm kind of kind of scared yeah, of it. I'm a little hesitant on that one. Yeah. Well, it already I, doesn't smell like mezcal. So I like mezcal. I'm okay with that. <laughs> I like mesquite. I like the smell of burning mesquite, but mesquite always smells dirty to me. It smells like dirt when it's it's smoking but i like it you know I'm ne- i don't use mesquite for um for barbecue oh wow this you scared of it it's not a it's not mezcal definitely not, not. Mezcal. does it taste like it a little bit a little bit yeah 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 it does god damn it <laughs> not as bad not near as no not, not near as so bad. i'll say this about so i talked to somebody that's a, a mezcal guy and uh I'll say this, it's still not my cup of tea to drink straight. Uh, I prefer it in a cocktail if I am going to drink it. He was telling me, if you drink a mezcal that tastes smoky to you, that is a bad mezcal. What the fuck? Yeah. They all taste smoky to me. That's what I'm saying. Okay, so, but remember, I said I was kind of against the mezcal thing because I was like, I don't think our palates are there yet. Yeah, yeah. People that are into the mezcal, they can discern roastiness or like a roasted from like a smoky. Ah. Whereas... Our palate might not be there yet. Again, I'd like to dabble into it right now. Right now, I'm still. But you know what? I do agree with that because I, I do taste a lot of like when we taste tequilas, and we had talked about all I'm the tequilas so, that, I'm so that we've proud done. Of you right okay, now. yeah. So last <laughs> night, so proud of you right last now. night I went through our so past this- episodes and I wrote down all of the tequilas we tried, and I realized that our palates have changed. And that we can taste different things now versus yeah. the first time we did right. it. So, on the first episode we had, it was just you and me. We had the um, um, Volcan de Mi Tierra, the Cristalino. 
we had the bad stuff. That was that small box. Oh, so Remember it, that bad stuff? It was called the bad was, stuff because it was like $250. No, that was a good one. Yeah, it was $280 it was yeah. for a bottle like yeah. this size. Um, the tequila, uh, El Distalarlo, that was like the black one that you had. That was a, um, It was really nice. And then Red Eye Willie's Whiskey La. Horrible. Horrible. Remember that? I still have that bottle. You remember so that? I won't touch it. I won't, I won't touch it ever again. <laughs> and then the, the second episode was first one with Jose. We did the 1800 Añejo, uh, the Danos Dangerous, the Don Roberto Añejo Extra that I bought that was in the blue bottle. That was really good. The G4 and then Tears. Tears. That was the sec- That was the first one. Okay, we need, to, we need to have a different bottle because this, I can taste it. Do you taste it? Yeah. Yeah. On your thing. Yeah, yeah. let's so just we, roll with something yeah. else. Let's, let's do the uh, yeah. the whole thing. And yeah, so when you're talking about palates and like that stuff, we can you know we can we can see we can kind of pick out these flavors. I was talking to another guy, my friend Todd, who's a, who's a bourbon guy, and he told me to try a bourbon, and uh, all I could taste was just fire. Really? Like just fire. And he's like, No, I'm getting this. I'm getting this. I'm getting this. And I was like, I'm not getting none of that, dude. I get fire. Really? And he's like. Well, because your palate's not adjusted to be able to discern those oh. flavors at that proof. So it was interesting what he did. He poured a little water in it, and then he let me try it. And he's like, now do you pick up this, this, and that? And I was like, yeah, I actually do. Well, that makes sense yeah. because when people, like, I was, we were doing, um, <clears throat> we were doing grilling on Maine, and we were cooking a hog all night. And a buddy of uh, Brian's um, brought, he had some expensive tequila. I mean, not tequila, whisk, uh, bourbon, excuse me. And he brought it over, and it just tasted like any other bourbon to me. Right. But exactly. had I had it, yeah, had I, my palate been there, I probably would have touched Caramel. what he's talking about. Yeah. Caramel. This is gonna be a Cristalino, right? Yeah. Cristalino. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's a, a, a Cristalino from an añejo, though, um, mm-hmm. not an extra añejo, but it's very. Um, oh yeah. Oof, that's good. Do you taste the caramel? So good. Yeah. I taste a lot of caramel in that. That is so, so nice. So which one did we have before? It was the reposado. We had the reposado. Similar bottle though, right? Similar bottle. Yeah. They have the the silver bottle, which is the uh, crystal. I mean, which is the um, um, blanco. And then they have like a blue bottle, which is the reposado, and then they have another color bottle, which is gray. the extra añejo. They have a gray. Yeah, the añejo and an extra añejo, and then and then this one. That's um, so good. But I, I love the bottle itself too. It's always like an yeah. old, old you know Mexican um, wino <laughs> bottle. But so on episode three, we did the arret reposado, uh-huh. the sol y luna, the llena de México, yeah, the, the tale of Mexico or legend of Mexico, the reposado, the la gritonia. Which was that one in a hand-blown glass with the little clasp the, that was owned yeah, by the women? Yeah. Dude, I'll say this about that tequila. You know, we had it. It was fantastic. It was really good. But if you uh, if you keep up with a lot, like I still every once in a while I'll dabble in those groups just to see what's going on. I don't agree with those, but that thing. But even in like professional art review sites, that tequila has caught fire. Like people yeah. are like, this is one of the it tequilas right yeah. now. I liked it. I'd love to revisit really it. And it was like the only female owned Yeah, yeah the only female, female. Yeah, it was a, a hand-blown glass bottles. Yeah. So none of them, they were all unique. Yeah. Um, and then we did uh, the El Tesoro Extra Añejo, which was amazing. The uh, Octenom Selection 1414 yeah. that you brought, yeah. which was really good. And then the Clase Azul, the thing, you know, yeah. the, uh, the, the the sugar bottle. Yeah. That was, we did that one. And then episode four was a Terramana Añejo. Mm-hmm. Which I thought was really good. Yeah, that was really good. The uh, oh, and then we did the mezcal. Yeah, we, we did the malbien and the uh, maguey, and then we had, did the tapatio añejo, which was good. The corazon reposado, and that was the one. But that was the one that was aged in the Weller's barrels. Yeah, yeah. So like the select, yeah, the select good. one that was good. And then episode five was the first lost episode. 
Okay. And that was a, I, I do remember I had Fortaleza Blanco. I brought that. And then we, you had brought some Tres Generaciones yeah. to that. Because the following episode, and the only reason I knew that is because we talk, mentioned it on the following episode. Yeah. And then on the, uh, episode 5.1, which was our first episode in the, in the studio. It was the first episode in this studio. And then, uh, or at least first aired episode in the studio. We had the Fortaleza Reposado, the 1800 Cristalino, the Casa Dragones that you got the great yeah. deal on. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I saw that, uh, the, the bottle that, which was, I guess, their lowest tier. Mm. I saw it the other day. It was like 70 bucks, which it was crazy because at the time I was like, I'll pay 70 bucks for this, thinking I'm getting, you know, the lower tier mm-hmm. Casa Dragones. And now that I've tried the higher one, I was like, I'm not paying 70 <laughs> <laughs> At the time, I was like, yeah, yeah, it's cool. But like now, I'm like, nah, I'm not. I'm not going to go back to that. Yeah. And then uh, and then we tried the Tres Generaciones again Yeah. Uh, for that. And that was after they had changed the bottle. Because I always yeah. remember the bottle being like that, and then the bottle was like now round like yeah. that. And then episode six, we did the Jose Cuervo Extra in Yeho that Which I got for whole, like 20 bucks. Yeah, but I don't think it was good, was it? It, was, it wasn't bad. What? No, was that was a, a different one. Never mind. Go ahead. Was, yeah, it was yeah, a $20 fine. bottle. Yeah. We did the Josangs and Yeho, the Camarena and Yeho, the Coralejo and Yeho, the red bottle that I yes. never tried before, which was really good. And then the uh, Caramino Cristalino, Caramino. Yes, yeah, the, and um, we didn't realize that that was Kevin Hart's yeah, we brand when we, at the time. We just grabbed it, and it yeah. was it was delicious. Yeah. yeah, and then episode seven, and I was going through this going, man, we've tried a lot of tequila. Um, you weren't here that episode, um, so it was uh, just me and you, and then so we had uh, members. We had the members mark reposado. Oh yeah, I forgot to get that. <laughs> yeah, uh, the centenario añejo, the uh, el Ref- reformador reposado, and the cenote cristalino, which was really good. Yes. The cenote was yes. really good. And then we went down to my birthday party and got hammer drunk, hammer drunk, hammer drunk. <laughs> that was a great. That was a long night. night. That, was a that was a long <laughs> night for me. I've and, not been that drunk since. <laughs> that was bad. And then episode eight, we I gave you that Metallica blackened yes. whiskey, yeah. which was really good. We liked that. The Lalo. Lalo. We Lalo. tried the Lalo. My favorite. Dude, you like the Lalo? I don't know what it is about Lalo. Like, I tell people, get Lalo. I saw that today, too. Yeah, it's like I a, it's a special place. I don't know why. I just what what it. blend was that, though? What do we, what was it was just, it was, it was just, a, it was just a, yeah, it was just a Blanco. And I think they only have a Blanco at this point. Yeah, because I think, I think they do, because it's yeah. a newer, yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. that's all I bought off scene. I saw right. today, yeah. yeah. But I did see some posts about it online. Yeah. Um, about the Lalo. People like trying it, like, it's really good. And then the Casa Maestro, the Blanco, the red, the tall red. Um, carved bottle, the really nice bottle. I yeah, thought that yeah, was yeah. really good. Yeah. Um, and then the we did the um, um, the uh, Don Ramon Reposado. It wasn't good at all. I think we I actually wrote on here not good. <laughs> <laughs> it was the one that the bottom was square and the top was round. And we thought yeah. it was gonna be really good. It was good, like yeah. really yeah. cool. Yeah. It had this like really neat little thing. But we tried it. And we're like, ah. uh, and then the uh, Volcan de Mitera, the Reposado. We tried that. It was it was decent. And then episode nine was with Josh, and we did the Jose Cuervo Cristalino, the Tierra Nobel. That's the, the what I was talking about. There. Jose Cuervo Cristalino wasn't. Yeah, like, wasn't I was that. so not. I was so disappointed in it. Yeah, yeah it wasn't that good. Was. And then we did the Tierra Noble, or Nobel. I don't remember what it was. Yeah. And then the Coralejo Extra Nejo, which I really liked. Mm-hmm. I thought that was really good. And then episode ten, we did the Ornitos, the Añejo. You had the Ornitos yeah. Añejo, uh, and then we did the uh, Gran Centenario Cristalino. That shit was good. Uh, and then Los Abuelos. Los Abuelos, yeah. And then the uh, El Tequileño. And that's where we're at. That's where we're that's at. That's how much we've done. 
That was the lost episode. We did that one. No, no. We didn't and then the we have one episode. more episode. So we, the last the lost episode. episode. So we don't Which, know what we had. I don't even so remember what we had. Abuelos was the lost episode. No, no, no. no. Okay. Los Abuelos, we actually did. The last episode was. I know we had episode. the most recent last episode. I know we had this Gonzalez Reposado. I don't know what the hell we which had. Which was really good. I know we had that um, barrel pick. Yeah. Something Nobel or remember yes, the barrel pick? Dobell. I had. I had that. Dobell. Yes, I had that. Yeah. I know we had that uh, because I still have some in the bottle. Yeah. I've been babying that. But no, this is a uh, this was songs is good. And who knew I was getting a, I didn't even realize when it said platinum, I should have known it was Cristalino, but I didn't realize it. I just was like, oh, that, we haven't had that one yet. So let's try it. Yeah. This I was at the, this one's Añejo Cristalino too. Okay. I can't so. believe we've had so many fucking, I, it doesn't feel 50. like that. I mean, but it, when I see them, I'm like, yeah, I've had that. Yeah, I've had that in my brain. Like, especially if I go somewhere, like, yeah. because me and the wife, if we ever go anywhere, like I, I really frequent Mexican restaurants because I enjoy tequila, and you right. can't get this shit anywhere else. Oh, you got it. Yeah. yeah. I was trying not to. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, man. So it's like I, anywhere I go, I try to, you know, I'm like, oh, I've had that, or I'm going to try this. So this is Partida. This is their Reposado. So first time trying it for all of us. Yeah, I've never tried I like it. Going I've seen the a, bottle. I like going from like a hard, a hard Blanco. <laughs> To, to a Cristalino. Cristalino to back to yeah. a Reposado because I feel like you can really taste the difference and appreciate it too. But you know what's funny is even with all the, the tequila we've drunk, every time I go to some place that's got 500 different selections, I'm still trying to figure out what I want to try. Yeah, yeah. me too. You know, what, which one, and I end up asking the people which ones and they give me the recommendations. And by the way, I found out how Cristalino was made. Let's talk about it. So I asked the guy, so I asked him about it, and I said, okay, so how is it made? He said, what they do is after they take it, they have charcoal filters, okay? They run it between 50 to 70 times through the filter. One batch. One batch. Holy shit, that's a lot. To 70. Yeah. Now, I've had a saltwater aquarium, and I have had, had charcoal filters, and you got the waters all brown and dirty, and then... It goes through and comes out crystal clear because it picks up all the little additives and, and things like that. And so um, they run it through uh, 50 to 70 times to get the crystal clear color. And depending on how clear it is is how many times they've run it through. But that's really all they do. They just run it through charcoal filters. But it's a good charcoal filter. It's a, it's a you know high quality. But it's, uh, I mean, um, uh, it's probably more like lava rock yeah. that they run it, it through. It has to be, yeah. But I wonder what the purpose is. Just, I think it's just for a, uh, I think it's more of a um, uh, kitsch. Is that what they call it? It's more like, it's like, it's like popular. It's like, how it's does a it, cool yeah, but how does it bring out those flavors? That's because it completely saying. changes like, is the. Is it picking something up through the it has filtration to. Because, process? Well, no, I think it like, does. And, and I think it, it, it gets rid of, uh, for me, I think it gets rid of a lot of the sweetness or a lot of the, um, the sm- uh, definitely the smokiness. Yeah, smoke's of, gone. Of the thing, yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, it it just I think it changes the characteristic of it, and you get more of the actual um, fermented ferment of it versus the the flavor that you right, get right. that you pull from. But, from. but I'm like, well, if that's the case, then why don't you just buy a just buy a, a blanco, right. you know? But obviously, there's parts of the uh, in the barrel when they age it. There's parts of the flavor that um, don't get you know don't get uh, diluted. Just ma- basically, the color itself gets gets pulled through so i guess the best thing to do would be to try an añejo and then an añejo cristalino afterwards and see if you can taste any difference between the two of the exact, of the exact same of the exact batch. same brand yeah. Yeah. yeah 
So this right. is a uh, this is the partida. partida. This shit is good. Let's talk about it because this shit is, is good. Is it good? Yes, I tried it's it yet. good. Holy shit, it's good. Yeah, I mean, it's a reposado. Yep. It's probably mm. one of the best reposados I've ever had. I'm not gonna lie. You know what this tastes like to me? Fucking the fir- delicious. The first time I tried Cor- <laughs> <laughs> the first time I tried Cordalejo. Yeah. Yeah. When it was a young company and not but everybody I feel like, had it. I, I feel like it's smoother than Cordalejo. It's good. But it it, might, it's well. T- it reminds me of the first time I tasted right, Cordalejo, right. where I I I I, fe- I could taste the plant. Mm-hmm. I could taste the agave versus tasting like sugars, and I didn't even know what sugars were at the time. I just knew I could taste the difference between certain types of tequilas. Yeah. But this one, I can taste it. Oh, that's nice. It is very, good. It's very good. What's yeah. the price point on this one? Uh, fifty dollars on the reposado. What was that? Which this one's gonna be? Whose song is gonna be around seventy? Yeah. Which. Fifty dollars on the reposado. I mean, forty dollars on their blanco. You might as well yeah. get the damn reposado. Exactly. You know, yeah, apple. it's delicious. But you don't drink it every Makes day. Makes me want to see what, what the blanco tastes yeah. like now because it's like fuck if the reposado is that him, good. He looked it up before the show, and I mean, I think they have like some añejos, extra añejos that they do. So where'd I mean, you get this at? I got that at thrifty. Local. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Nice. Yeah. So I had just I saw it there, and I was like, oh, I've been seeing this on stuff. So I was like, screw it, I'll get it here. And Grant, like, we got to talk to this dude about going to thrifty. Supposed to be going to Cuban, bro. Supposed to be going to Cuban, bro. I bought this in. I bought this in Dallas. Yeah, you, so you're, I'm you're, clear. You're clear. You're out of the SBC. I'm, I'm good. I'm sorry, Grant. I'm sorry. That's right. I, I, I did. No, I it is. It's, it's, I, I've supported Grant a lot over the years. No, it's very good. No, it's he very supported good. me in return. I, I'll give you that. No, but it is. It's that's. It's really good. It's uh. It has unique um for reposado really because. Reposado, it's a, light, it's a light reposado. I'm always, yeah, but I'm always on the fence about getting a reposado, right? Because right. I'm like, oh, if I'm going to buy a reposado, I might as well get an Aja. Right, right. And Repos- it's always like a tent, like you yeah. have a tent, like Uno Dos Trace. They had one of those, like you really do. You have it that, that where it's like, yeah, yeah. okay, this one's 50, this one's 65, this one's 80. Yeah. Right. Well, fuck. I'm like, oh, I'll get 65, but I might as well spend and get the 80. Well, it, is because- a, it is that thing, too, because if you just want something light and easy drinking, you're going to go Blanco, yeah. right? But if you're like, okay, let me, I don't want that, I want flavor. You know, a little bit more flavor. I want a little more this, that. Yeah. You think añejos? Yeah. Reposado kind of just sits there sometimes. Yeah, but I mean, for this one, it's it's unique. Like yeah. a lot of them. Well, that's my favorite type is a reposado. I would, I, if given the choice, I'll take a reposado every day. Straight up. Straight up reposado. No, no ice. Just, no ice. Nothing. Okay. Just in the glass. That's my favorite type of tequila. Is it because it's just like something like this, mild, but you still get a flavor? I think so. I think it's not so. It's not like it's not like a uh, um, a silver which is good for mixing stuff. Mm-hmm. And but it's got enough a hint of flavor from the barrels that it's unique. And every reposado I've tasted is unique. Whereas yanejos, I can kind of like okay. To me, it's not as much uniqueness because they all use like different types of barrels. But they age it so long yeah. that you can really taste the flavors in it. Right, versus right. this going, okay. I can kind of taste a hint of this or a hint of that, and so yeah. If I if I had a choice of okay, you can only have one type to drink, that would be it. Just a good. I'll tell you what, dude, I'm I'm super like on blancos right now. Like I want to taste really? all the really? blancos. Yeah, it's just straight. Why is that? I just I don't know. I think, and I think that's one of the things that I've learned from doing this podcast mm-hmm. is that, and like you said, like we've evolved on as we've done this together, and like I always say, we are not tequila reviewers <laughs> no. tequila no. drinkers and we give our opinion right but no. like Blanco is like that's one of the uh, I guess kind of myths that I've been able to you know misspell or you know pronounce right. myself is that Blancos are made just for mixing or that Blancos don't have any flavor I think in Blancos sometimes 
you know, you get the true distillation process and what the distiller intended a tequila to taste like. So I feel like you get like the true essence of that tequila. That makes mm-hmm. sense. Like yeah. that's that's their that's their like ground level product. Right, right. And then they'll build upon that. Exactly. That makes sense because I mean, if you think about it, every single blanco you have tastes different. Right. And right. distinctly different yes. because like. If you go get Patron, it distinctly tastes different than if you have 1800 right. versus if you have something like Lunazul right, or right. something like uh, El Humidor right, right, or right. Uh, Salsa. Yeah, yeah. They all taste they extremely all different, but yeah, they're, they're all smooth. Yeah. You know? And uh, like some of those kind of that, I think that's what gives it the Blanco a bad name or connotation or, or people assume that because some of those t- Blancos are legitimately meant for that that letting know you're going to pour it into right. a freaking margarita machine right. or, and then that's, that's right. why that exactly that connotation is there. But I think as we've done this podcast and I've researched more into it, I'm like, and we've had some, like, like I said, Lalo cold. I, I don't know why I love that fucking tequila. Like mm-hmm. that shit's good to me. Uh, the one we had on the last lost episode, uh, what was it? Dang, I forget. I brought a Blanco. I forget what it was. I have no idea. I can't I don't, remember. I don't. I, we, I, I, we got, didn't, I don't. We didn't even take we a got, picture of what we, we got took. Toasted, right, right, right. We no, got, I have a picture. Do you have a picture of everything? I'm gonna pull it up. Y'all talk right now. I'm gonna pull it up. No, no, so because I brought talking. the Altis. No, no. Was it Altisoto? Yeah, because I brought a Blanco. We yeah, 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 yeah. I brought the extra Nejo. And I brought the Blanco. Yeah, yeah. You brought the Blanco. But you know what I like about this one is, and and I'm telling you, and I'm guessing figuring out why I like Reposado so much is because you have to search the flavor. Right. Uh, whereas like a, a a blanco is pretty much from the moment you put it on your mouth until you swallow it it's one single flavor this right here when you first bring it in it's got a, a certain flavor when it's on your palate it's got a flavor and when you swallow it it's got a third flavor right, and right. i really like that i like no, having yeah, I, the different yeah, yeah. types of, of flavors instead of yeah. just being like one flavor like right, this right. this to me is just one smoky flavor right yeah yeah, that one I'm not a fan of. Yeah, I'm not a fan uh, of that either. Yeah. But another thing with Blancos too, I think what I like about it is it's kind of like I relate to like the beer world also because like, mm. and then that podcast it's, that it's we did purity. with DJ, we said like the lighter beers are actually harder to do because you can't like mask anything. Right. right? Yeah. So you get point. the essence yeah. of it. Whereas like if someone does like a bad tequila, don't get me wrong, it, it's not going to help it that it's going into a barrel, right? Right. But you are able to mask certain things with the yogurt. You're right. And you're right. Stuff. But when you drink a, a Blanco, you're literally drinking the purest form yeah. that that tequila will ever yeah. be. Right. So I think that for me, I think Blancos lately have I been try some more. This my jam. Really good. I'm, I'm trying to find it, man, and I'm looking here. I, and think I feel it was like that because I I took the family to Broken Bow last week and I and I polished that bottle off. Right. So <sighs> this we we aired that one. That was in March. I went too far back. Mm. Yeah. So we've done one since then. No, yeah, I think I'm pretty positive. Yeah, I was at El Tesoro. I remember it was in El Tesoro. I brought a Blanco. Yeah. Well, I, have I mean, no El Tesoro, idea. you can't go wrong because it's a zero additive brand. Right, right, right. Any, anything you have, like, you know, Fortaleza, El Tesoro, um, uh, uh, I think um, a Tapatio. Yeah. You know, some of those brands are like, there's, at least on the app, there's brands that's like, there's zero additive. Dude, you know, and that's another thing we've learned through this because, you know, we've had uh, tequilas before where we're like, man, this is. You know, I taste this, and it's like additives. And now we know to look for that. Like, yeah. I'm, I want to look for a, a tequila as zero additives. And now even, like, when friends ask me, I'm like, steer away from celebrity brands for the most part. Yeah. Um, there is some out there that could be all right, I, depending on what you're doing. I feel like one we know is good is um, Terramano. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, you know. yeah. yeah, I like yeah. the Terramano. I like the extra Añejo Terramano. Yeah. 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 
and 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 another one is like try to find something that's like additive free and now we know that <clears throat> and i did find out that our Casa Dragones that we love so much has additives. Does it? Yeah. I'll be damned. Of course it does. Yeah. Of course, because it's tasted so, it almost tastes but like tropical kind of. Here's the thing, man. Like, who gives a fuck? You know what I mean? Right. Like, okay. right. no, 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 no. It is true. But if you drink a lot of it, you're going to be hung over because it's yeah. the sugar okay, that okay, causes okay, you to hang over versus yeah. okay. if you were to drink something with zero additives, you're going to, you're going to get high. I mean, you're going to you're gonna get a buzz. You're going to feel good, but you, you'll have less of a, um, hangover the following yeah, day. That makes sense. But I mean, the way we drink stuff is we're not sitting here drinking one bottle of something, you know, I guess if we were, then I would worry about it. Um, but that's amazing. I still feel like I don't ever want to like, I love that we taste these without researching them. Right. Right. I really do. And then yeah. later we can, you know, look back and say, okay, well this was that and this was that. But yeah. like, I do, I do love that this is a raw, like take on these things right, right. and we're not sitting here saying, Oh, well, walking into this, I know what this has in it, and it has a notes. Of it. We have reviews of this, and it does that, and it has these additives in it, or this yeah. is additive free. Like it is cool to. Yeah, and he said, he said we're not, we're not in, in, no. in any sense or form experts. Well, I've been like kicked out of it. every fucking group, so <laughs> y'all keep like y'all keep up with that because like me, I I, I try to share our podcast I, one time I and they kick me out. Just like stuff pops up, and I'm like, okay, that looks cool. Well, apparently, I've you know what's, everyone. It, what's what's weird is I find it harder to make a selection now. Yeah. That we've done very so much. hard. I'm like a very, fucking kid yeah, in the I'm candy like, store. Okay, I don't know if I want to try. Do I want to try that one? I don't know. Let me look. Let me look on my app. Let me look. Well, I mean, it's become harder and harder for has, me to buy has. and try different. Yeah. Well, I look and I'm like, that looks too mainstream. Yeah. This looks way too mom and pop like they're trying too hard. Hold on a minute. You know, like, yeah. and then I'm catching myself. Like, I was in the uh, Cuban earlier looking through these, and Grant's like, man, get you something good. And I'm like, ugh. And I saw that Lunazul. I was like, well, I like Lunazul. We we haven't, I think we, I don't know if we haven't had it or not. You sit, went through all this, but I don't think we have. And uh, I don't, I still haven't seen. We haven't, name. we haven't had Lunazul. You, you said you had a Reposado from them, right? I've never tasted it. But you I have. have a bottle. I'll yeah. bring it. Yeah, we got to do it on the next yeah. one because yeah. I feel like yeah. it would be good. Yeah. But. So before the podcast, you asked me about the baseball game. No. Yeah. 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 So the Texas range. So we went, we were in Dallas this weekend um, visiting my son, Cheryl. This is the first time we've been back. Cheryl's been back to Dallas in four years. We dropped off oh, stage to work at Ferrari four years ago, but because we had a dog that had cancer, she had a hip revision. We had COVID. Things, COVID, all this other stuff. She, she had never had a chance to, to go see him. And I was like, I want you to see him. I want you to see where he's, how far he's come. Yeah, you know, I need. I, I want you to see where he's at now, from when he first moved there to where he, the, the, where he's living now is like a neighborhood with, you know, the, the the streets are smooth. You know, I wanted her to 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 see that now because I'm so proud of him and I wanted her to see that. So we went we went to a, a Rangers ball game, and it's the first time I've been to a ball game inside an enclosed stadium. Really? Yes. Thanks. First time in an enclosed stadium because we used to go to the ballpark at Arlington all the time. Right. Loved it. Loved it. Loved it. If I could condense it all into one phrase, the new Globe Life Field is like a giant mall, but instead of a ice rink in the center of it, there's a baseball field in the center of it. <laughs> okay, so you're, you didn't like it. I didn't like it. Okay, so when did they move there? Like two years ago? They moved there four years ago. Four years ago. Okay, so we had, when I was in oil and gas, we had box seats at the previous stadium. Mm -hmm. And... I wasn't really a baseball fan, but I would go there with clients and we'd mm -hmm. hang out and you know have some drinks and watch mm -hmm. baseball. But um, I enjoyed the environment, but I have not been to the new stadium. Yeah. 
Well, I will tell you this. When it's 95 degrees yes. with 100 oh, degrees. I'm sure it's nice. It was much nicer yeah. inside yeah. to watch so, a game. That was the knock on the old stadium. Like, I, I've been, I went to the old stadium multiple times, and I can tell you, it was as gorgeous of a ballpark mm-hmm. as you would want to watch a baseball mm-hmm. game in. But, from, but do you from, remember the smells when you walked in, the smells that yeah. you got? No, not yeah. anymore. But from certain, <laughs> from certain, like, months, dude, like, yeah. Why? Because you would just literally sit there and just cook. Yeah. If it was an afternoon game yeah. and you're sitting in the outfield, yeah. oh, you were going to bake. Yeah. You, you there was no, yeah, you had to sit on the first base side yeah. because the sun yeah. would shade you. And I think that was everybody's knock on that. I personally, the second one, the new stadium, I enjoyed it. I mean, you know, it is a little. You I, know what I, it felt I, like? It felt like watching a concert, but it was a baseball concert. <laughs> it is a little mainstream, but I think you know all kind of sports venues are moving towards. It that. is, and also we'll say this: of the they have the top ten. Um, uh, most expensive ballpark tickets Rangers is like number five and I will tell you this I spent more money going to a ball game I spent probably and with I spent 90 bucks for parking yeah 90 dollars yeah now I was close enough to walk to the stadium I right. had to take a tram or right. something and with you know with Cheryl's uh, with her hip and everything I like to try to park as close as possible but um the parking was expensive. Everything and there's cashless. You should just Uber, bro. It's cashless. You there, nothing in the stadium you can use cash for. Everything is all yeah, you know with your card. And I now I will that. say it was fun. It was neat. But when you walked in, it didn't feel like you were walking into a ballpark. It felt like you were walking into an arena. An arena. And when you when you go to a ball game and you've grown up going to ball games and it's outside. And yes, I know it's hot. I know it's some. I mean, Cheryl and I actually went to the coldest game on record back in April. I think no, I think it was like in um, uh, like in, in September or something. They had a game, and Cheryl and I went to many many years ago, and it was so cold. All the players had on like earmuffs and 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 gloves and mittens, and we left the game early because it was so cold. It was like forty four degrees in the ballpark. But there's something to be said when you walk into Arlington Stadium, and it's you know the old stadium was was almost like the Coliseum. Yeah, yeah. You know, it was it was giant. You had those big so, openings. I get what you're saying. You, you, would, see, through, you would see like the, the big beams. Yeah, yeah. you see the beams and yeah. you smell and they, the grilled onions. Yeah, and, yeah, and it was very... Yeah, and this is very uh, antiseptic. Yeah, you walk in and it's like... Yeah, and, and I will say this too. <laughs> there's you feel not that AC <laughs> right yeah. off the bat. Yeah, like yeah. but I will say this also. It's not as... When you're walking, it's not as wide. And poor Cheryl, she's not very tall, so she's like, I got to get out of this crowd because I can't breathe. Because there's not enough space uh, for the people to uh, walk yeah. as there used to be. Um, mm. But again, if I was if I was a promoter, if I was, yeah, obviously, because you're going to get sellout crowds more during the summertime with a stadium that's closed than you are doing. And because the stadium is more compact, it goes like this instead yeah. of going mm. like this. Yeah. It's like whoosh. now we were in the front row, it's just like AT and T. Yeah, we were yeah. in the front row on the on the second level, so we didn't have we weren't we didn't feel like we were like that. We would just you know watch the game, we could see it, but it was just it was very it was a really weird type of experience for me. Um, but I enjoyed it. But speaking of baseball, okay, here, here's here's I have a question for y'all, okay? Because you have children, you have children. My grandson plays t-ball. Okay, they are now giving out championship rings. Yeah, I've noticed that. They've been doing that for a couple of years now. Yeah. What's your take on that? I think it's um I think it's I don't know man like <clears throat> I think it's cool. Yeah. I here's what I think. It's better than we were kids cuz yeah. we were kids everybody got a fucking trophy. Right. And I hated that shit. Yeah. Like I think it it's cool um but 
I see. I already know. I feel like you're leaning towards yeah. because, like, it's like what? at what point? It, at what point do you, you know? At what point do they see value in something? I, I get it. I don't have a problem with it. I think it, you know, it's whatever. I think uh, there's other issues with kids <laughs> than sports. <laughs> and sports, no. <laughs> well, well, yeah. and it's, it's more of like I feel like parents they just fucking care too much these days. Yeah. Like everybody, you know, they're, I feel like they're going out there and they want, there's so many parents out there that think that their kid is going to be the next fucking, you know, well, Barry Bonds or something. And it's like, and it's created that culture where it's like, it's, it's insane. It's insane. I'll tell you that <clears throat> my previous guest that, that, that episode hasn't aired, but by the time this one airs, that one would have, um, we talked about that and, and the oh, biggest really? thing, um, not this specifically, but right. we talked about, overtraining in children ath- athletics mm-hmm. where and, and I feel like I, I don't I may not have had this conversation with you guys but I've had it with multiple people mm-hmm. is that when these kids get into these sports at a young age and like you have to think about it when we were in school and even if like you know Ho- Jose and I went to the same high school yeah. we had a very 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 awesome baseball program yeah. let's, let's go um and um I was I never made it even to the team I tried out and I like I didn't make it mm-hmm. but some of my friends of ours yeah. were on that team and um those like that at that time it was like you made the you made the high school team and then you didn't do anything else you just focus on high school baseball well now it's like you're playing this league and this league and this league and travel ball and fall ball and they're starting them out at eight years old doing this shit and then if you have someone you're trying to build up as a pitcher or a catcher or a shortstop or a first baseman they're hurt they're yeah. hurt by the age of 13 yeah and then they're fucked well, and like you're putting all this money and time into this and then as a kid even you know before you got the high, as a kid your goal was all stars mm-hmm. yeah right? that was it dude i remember yeah. i remember i busted my ass and i didn't make all star my first year and my second year i did and you know what we got we got a pin yeah that we stuck on our cap and yep. that to me was a gold medal yeah. because right. i busted right my ass but for that, that was that the pin. goal that was the goal right right yeah. now Every kid's a fucking all-star. Oh, God, yeah. yeah. Now they're... Every, every, yeah. Everybody, and and, like, and, and if your kid's not... If your kid... To your kid yeah, to come play yeah. in our squad. If your kid's not good enough to play, you can buy yeah. your kid a spot on the team. But not only that, um, I don't... I, I was telling Cheryl, you know what I don't see anymore? I don't see kids playing street ball anymore. I don't see, see them playing anything outside anymore. No. <laughs> right, yeah. And that's, to me, that breaks my heart because I remember summer times... Dude, if you haven't seen the movie Sandlot which I don't know who hasn't, watch it because that was what I remember all summer long, we just played ball and we became better because not only were we the self-referee, we had ghost runners on first, you know, <laughs> we, we, you know it, and, and it became a love for the game, not a, okay, well, guess what? After piano lessons or after dance, you got to go to travel ball and you got to do this. And also I've known, noticed that you can kind of, if you're not in, in Little League and the actual, you know, Little League thing, you can pretty much dictate how the teams are made. And it turns out, at least from my point of view, watching it, I'm like, they're not teaching these kids principles. All they're teaching the kids is how to run past first base and keep running because nobody knows how to catch a ball and throw it home. And I'm thinking, it, it makes me so mad because there's no principles being taught. Well, it's it's all about the parents' identity Salud. now. Just like it is. This Gonzalez. Oh, yeah, because uh, you know Cusanino. why? Because you got to post your kid one, 27 yeah. to 0, yeah. and they're 8. I'm sorry, 4. Mm. All right, we're gonna have to run a head-to-head match on the who songs in that one because wow, that was smooth. Yeah, so we're gonna have to run a head-to-head on those. 
That was so That's smooth. So I'm gonna have to get me another glass. What's funny is, it's when we went and we tried. I was with Sage, and the guy had poured me some. I'm like, I don't want to try it because I want to try it on the podcast. <laughs> so I told Sage, so I smelled it. Did you it. tell the guy there you yeah, did yeah, the yeah, podcast? Yeah, I told too? him. I, told, awesome. I always tell him I did do you a tell podcast. Him, and I, and I, told, I told him I show my shirt. Look, you see this frequency interrupted? Google it. Okay, <laughs> that's our thing. Which, by the way, I took off my shirt. Um, but um, uh, so I told Sage, I was like, here, you do it. And he he took it. And he's like, it's like, ooh, that was really smooth. I like it. It was really good. Um, but it was that wine and more, wine and more, wine and more. Wine and more okay. Yeah. So, but back to the, the whole thing is that I, and you're right. It's, it is about parents. And like, I watched, uh, God, I, I gotta watch what I say because I get to, I get to mouthy. It is what it is. But I've seen, I've seen groups of people, groups of kids play and I see the parents and I'm like, okay, every one of those guys played high school ball, maybe college ball, but that's as far as they went. They still look like they're part of it and they, Want their kid to do what they couldn't. Nope. I coached. That's, I that's, coached kids. I coached kids soccer. I coached kids baseball. I've coached so many kids leagues, and to me, it was always like, okay, protect the kid. Yeah. Well, that's not. But that's the problem, and that I know I've talked. I, I guess we haven't talked about it on tequila talk, but I've talked about this so many fucking times. Is that's the problem? Like these these people do not feel like they. It's just like the. The uh, fucking star athlete in high school who has the fucking the complex, you know, later in mm -hmm. life. It's like they feel like that they didn't achieve whatever accomplishments they wanted to. So they immediately mm -hmm. like pressure and steal that into the child. Yeah. And then the child is like has this like this unachievable goal already. Yeah. Like you're setting them up for failure yeah. before they even start because you're not even letting them determine if that's their passion or not. Right, you're right. making them passionate about it because they feel pressure thinking that you sh they should do it because you yeah. want them to do it and you want them to be proud of you. It's just a fucking, I hate it, dude. I fucking hate it. You my know what I don't, don't like? Do, you my kids I, don't do anything. You know right what now. I also don't like? I also don't like leagues that have like, what league is this? Yeah. Oh, this is the league of kids who couldn't make it or the parents weren't, weren't happy with the rules. Yeah. And they decide to create their own league. That pisses me up. Because guess what? If you don't play in the little league, okay. Yeah. If if you're if you don't have a patch that says little league, you cannot play in the little league world series. Yeah. Okay. So my question is, why do you have your own little um, group of baseball players who are travel ball players, and then once they get to a point that they're you feel they're good enough, then they go and they play in the little league or something like that. They play in the league world series. But I'm like. What you're doing is you're pretty much farming these kids. You're trying to find the kids who can run fast. You're trying to find, can the ki find the kids who can hit a baseball, who can catch a baseball. And I've seen groups of kids who are five years old who don't even, couldn't even pick up their parents out of a lineup doing drills. I'm like, you're taking the fun out of the game. I mean, for us, hey, you know what? A, a tennis ball and an old bat, no gloves. This is this is first, this is second, this is third, this is home. That was the funnest time, the funnest time that I had playing ball. And I, and I'm not even talking about baseball. I'm talking about soccer and all, all those other things. But I've noticed that when you when you give a child, I, I think when you give a child a ring that's as big as Shaquille O'Neal's, <laughs> no, that's too much. Yeah, it's too you're much. messing up their yeah, brain. Yeah. No, and, I agree. And it's a lot like prom proposals. Yeah. It, the bigger if you're if you're a a June, if you're a freshman and you get a prom proposal great if you're a senior and you get a prom proposal it better be better than any 
junior sophomore freshman proposal so what happens when the girl wants to get married what does the guy have to do to ask her to get married well, does he have to take her out to to some place and go Paris, yeah exactly like I, yeah off, and we have to film it because yeah. if you didn't film it she can't post it yeah. so you're, you're making this this thing for these children that an expectation of a champion a championship ring i have one championship ring and it was my championship ring i should have worn it today it was my championship ring from italy at we were the italy track champions okay I didn't get a ring when I was in high track. school. Yeah, in track. What did you do? I did pole vault. No I was shit. Three, I was number three in Italy. No Damn. shit. Number three in what? Italy. Yes. <laughs> exactly. In Italy. Um, I did a track, sprint medley relay, 200 meter. I did um, shot put and discus. And then one year I want, you know, I got to tell you the story. Okay. I've always wanted to tell you this. It's the Mexican. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. I'm going to tell you two stories. Jumping fences, bro. I'm going to tell you two stories. I'm going to tell you the story of a friend of mine named John Babel. Okay. A guy, a guy I went to high school with. I li was living in Italy. John Babel was, I was a sophomore um, and he was a freshman. Okay. He wanted to pole vault so bad. He, he was less coordinated than I was, which was really weird, but I was fast. I was, I was fast. And so John Babel wanted to be a pole vaulter. So my sophomore year, I wanted to break the school record for the pole vault. That was my goal. Well, John Babel wanted to pole vault. So it turned out that I ended up helping him train, learn how to do it, uh, uh, worked with him. He would come stay at my house when we go on track trips so that he wouldn't miss the bus. Um, because when you lived in Italy, you traveled to Rome, you traveled to Naples, you traveled to Milan, you travel all these different places to, to have track meets. So John, but John had something in him that was, he wanted to win. We were in Rome. Okay. And, we, and the pole vault, we, the pole vault event was done, but the pole vault is usually in front of the state of the stadium. He was trying to get nine foot six, which is the qualifying, it was just qualifying height. And he was practicing. I was trying to help him. He was practicing. So all these people have been watching this kid, this little white lanky kid, try to get this thing, trying, trying, trying. Two hours he's trying. Finally, he made it. The entire stadium erupted with applause because they've been watching this kid try to make this height. And I was like, I could hear, <laughs> hear the applause. I was like, oh my God. And I was like, that is somebody who, I was so proud of him. And then at the end of the year, we had our, we had our awards assembly. And my coach said, okay. She said, I'm a, she was, she called me up because they call everybody up and they give them like a little thing. She goes, okay. And now Bannon, she called me up. She goes, okay, I can't do this without calling up John. It's like, okay. So she called, she called him up too. And she goes, she, and she called me up. She goes, okay, Ben wanted to break the school record. He missed it by three inches. I'm going to tell you why he missed it by three inches. Because the time that he could have been spending learning and working hard, he spent with John. And I am so proud of him and I'm so this and I was like, well, I didn't really I was what 16 years old. I didn't understand it all, right? right? Yeah. But I'm going to tell you what happened at the end of the award ceremony. John's dad came up to me and he hugged me. And he goes, "I want to tell you. I want to thank you for what you've done for my son." And I was like And I realized, "Oh my god, there's power in not thinking about yourself and helping others and making this and that year there was a coach's award the coach gave one award for it was like an MVP. I got the coach's award and she said, I'm going to give it to you. Did, did you guys see the um, shot putter 
who ran the um, who ran yeah, the hurdles? Yeah, 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 yeah because yeah. if not, the team would do close. Yeah. I used to run three thousand meters, two miles. I'm not a long distance runner, but I would run it because my coach would come and go. Okay, Ben, you've been in three events. You're allowed to be in four events. We need you to run the third three thousand. Yeah. Okay, I'll do it. So she said. So this award is to my. I can. I will. I'll try. Team member, and that's Ben. And I learned so much that year, not even realizing I was learning it. But to have it, I started crying because his dad started crying. Yeah. Like, thank you so much for what you've done to my son, done for my son. And I've tried to find him. I can't find him. I don't know whatever happened to him. But there's something to be said about putting yourself second, you know? In, in that instance, but you weren't even, I mean, you were just trying to help someone. Yeah. You I was just worried, trying to help. You weren't worried about a goal. Yeah. And honestly, I would have broken the record because I, I was six, so oh, three inches away I, from it. I did in track, I did long distance. I think you did something. Jose plays soccer. Yeah. I, I did long distance what? track and cross country. Fuck yeah. You're Jose. a Mexican that yeah, played soccer, ball, bro. Oh my ball. God. What a surprise. Dude, I tried out for <laughs> soccer. Look, <laughs> dude, he was playing soccer and like me and my yeah. boys went and tra- yeah. me and my boys went and tried out for soccer because we were running track when none of us made soccer. Yeah. <laughs> You're too white, essay. Bro, we didn't make it. But <laughs> dude, like, I, w- I, I couldn't run worth a shit, dude. But I was like, dude, I got foot skills for days. Dude, they, so they, you aren't like, bro, they'd be back there like, and those, those people behind, uh, what was that place, the restaurant, Pepe's? Pepe's, bro, Pepe's restaurant, all the Mexicans would get out there and play. Yeah, yeah. So it's like when they got off of work, they had these two little goals behind Pepe's out in Hudson. Yeah. yeah. And uh, they'd all go play back there. So I'd pull up around like 11 o'clock when the place closed down. Off of Highway 80? Yeah. 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 Those, they'd be out there yeah. balling, bro. Because I wanted to play with like, I like playing with like older people, you know, right. like, because I wanted that, like, that right. work. So I would always just pull up to like, what, like, the Mexican League, dude. I played like out in the, the it was like a local Mexican league. That shit was wild, dude. Because a fight was liable to break out like any fucking second. Yeah. And I'm like this 16 year old kid out there, dude. Just, <laughs> hey, I'm just trying to get, the, you know, I'm just trying to, I'm trying to get some, for get fun. some, some rounds in, <laughs> yeah. bro. What, so you, so what was your max height? I got to tell you something's why I'm asking. What was your max height in pole pole vault when you were high school? Um, shoot, I think it was about. Ten nine. All right, I'm about to. You're about to shit. So my wife was twelve feet. Nice. She went to. I love she that went, women dude, started. She went to, I love that. Dude, she went to. Um, she but got here's a scholarship. The, I did it on a training pole. That's no. I mean, dude, that, a trainer pole because we ordered one. Yeah. My, my coach ordered two poles: a trainer pole and a actual pole. Okay, I'm gonna tell you what happened. I ended up having to do all our regionals on a training pole, okay, which doesn't bend. Yeah, it does, yeah. Okay, well, one of the, one Livorno let us borrow their catapult, their brand new catapult. I was like almost 11 feet. And they're like, oh, no, 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 you guys can't, you guys can't, you guys can't use the pole for, for, I'm like, damn. So, I mean, it was just like a little bit, but good on your wife. No, well, Talk about I, it. where'd she go? Your, where'd she go to college? She went to, uh, she got Mississippi State okay, scholarship. Nice, nice. So she was there, she was there doing pole vault and cheerleading, but like, I um I just while y'all were talking about it, I had to text her because I was like what's your max what was your max in pole vaulting because yeah. I, I never yeah. break my phone out but I was like I need to know this right yeah. now but I feel like um I was tr- I tried everything track um because I I just I didn't cut it in baseball anymore when I got to the high school level I tried the soccer thing I couldn't do that um football wasn't my thing anymore and um me and a few of my buddies remember Taylor and Jonathan yeah. those dudes like we all tracked together yeah. so we did cross we put together the first cross country team at my yeah. school. And then we also did the long distance, and so I tried to do the um the the running too, like the like I tried to do the fast stuff, I couldn't do it, mm-hmm. and so I tried the pole vaulting, 
And uh, I was okay at it, but dude, I could never get like over like nine foot. Like yeah. I just wasn't great. Like yeah. I, I was scared of heights, anyways, yeah, and I just yeah. didn't like it. But uh, I did really good at the uh, so three thousand meter, the two mile, yeah, two mile, three thousand. Yeah. I did good at that, and I did good at cross country. Man, that's all I was ever good at. Um, and then I got older and got into you know yeah. the working out and the lifting stuff. But yeah, yeah dude, I think there's something to be said about high school sports, and it's never. I don't think it's ever going to be how it used to be when we were growing up. I just no, don't think it, it was so like uh, it, was, it was organic. There was no like I said like. I, I pulled up to, like, the back of fucking Peppy's to play soccer. And I was a good soccer player, you know? So, if I had that kind of parent, like, some of these people are, like, they would have never fucking allowed that, you know? They'd be like, no, my son only plays mm-hmm. this, this, Yeah, you know? he plays like, this that league. kind of stuff. And I don't know, man. I just, I, I look at that kind of stuff, and I'm like, how the fuck do y'all have time and money for all this, first of all? Because I love my kid. Uh... I want him to play sports. I hope he's a good soccer player because everybody in our family is a great soccer player. But if he's not, Daddy, like, I want to dance. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> hey, dude, look, do what you do. But well, the thing is, like, I feel like I don't know the the environment there, but based on the environment everywhere else that I see, yeah. the I don't think that's there anymore because right. it's going to be like you can't hurt someone's feelings. You're going to put together some other squad because of this, and um, that's not what it's for, man. It's like, it, sports should not be inclusive. Like if you don't fu- if you're not fucking good you're not fucking good find something right, else right. to be good at like right, don't right. sit there and waste your time being mediocre at this whenever you can find something else you excel at but it also Whether- shouldn't be ran as like try a, that again a fucking like pro level type thing where kids are like jumping to no no yeah yeah they're assembling yeah. yeah, super yeah. teams over I here and it's first. like and they are that's exactly what they're like, doing when we were little they just stuck you with like whoever like dude, that's they right just yeah, put yeah. us wherever yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. I was and always number like, two there would be like three or four badass dudes yeah. and they're just everyone else is like mediocre or y'all all live here we're gonna lump y'all together yeah type exactly and, yeah yeah and, and and like with even with me with my ADH with my I didn't even know it was what it was called back then but I always had to be catcher well first of all I was very good at it yeah but secondly I always had to be constantly in the game if I when I played second base because I played second base and I was really good at it, but I was bored at second base. When I play catcher, every play I'm part of. I feel like, and I had to be part of that. I feel like catchers like everybody had that like one homie that just that that was it. Like he was the catcher. Like he was the catcher, know, and like, also too when and also uh, uh, one one guy had told me this. He goes, look, he goes, you're the catcher, you run the game. Because you, you really do. You see what everybody else does. You see everything. That's right. You see everything, everything. from that ball hitting the mitt into every single move on that field. Yeah. Um, I was great at left field. I, I played other like I played other positions, but for some reason I love being outfield because I had my zone that I can control. When I knew if that ball was coming there, God forbid I did not fucking catch it because that was my job. And if you missed a fucking ball in the outfield, that I mean you're toast, yeah. dude. But like that was it. Like yeah. I fuck up. There was one game we were playing at Halton High. Um, and the sun's got got in my eyes, dude. The way it was like it was an afternoon game, and bro, I fucking missed the ball and right oh, in the fucking eye, big black eye, dude. I mean, I, the sun hit me right, right yeah, like, dude. It was caught you right there. It was the most embarrassing thing ever. But at the same time, like, I mean, it's what it is, and you know. Did so. you ever play like uh, like softball out here? Like, no, nah, I played dude, with the church, nah, dude. I'm I not, did. I played with the church. I Let me did. See that. I, dude, that's a whole other thing right that there, shit dude. There is just as bad, dude. It's fucking. <laughs> dude, you got a lot of dudes out there that are like. Dude, I'm serious. Like, yeah. Yeah. you got dudes that might have played high school and college ball, right? And they're, don't get me wrong, they can slap a fucking But softball. do you know, that's why they, they only have. Lot. But it's like, dude, like, you know, this is like a church league. Like, yeah, but they only allow two home runs per game. Right, right. So that's so a go, good go, continue. So, so I started playing for a while, and like me, like me and a couple of buddies, like we would play, and then it ended up being like teamed up with another couple guys, and 
I went like we did like travel softball for like a little bit, and that was a whole different piece. And I wasn't like any really good, but I could hit it like I could get on base every time. Right. Like yeah. Clockwork. Like I could hit it yeah. over the third baseman every like I could just drop yeah. it in there. Like I wouldn't hit it to the fence. I wouldn't don't put me in the field because I these dudes, you know, you're talking about these dudes all play college ball and yeah. they're hitting rockets out here. I want no part. Yeah. But like those dudes too, dude, it's like, bruh, like I got a job. I got family. I got this. I got that. Well, at the time I didn't have family, but I'm like, I got a job to go to on Monday. Like, I got things going for me. Like, like this is not Dude, my life. That's like, their life. And you open yeah. and you open get, yourself up to more injury. Right, right. right. The they, older you get, they fucking party too, Dude, bro. Yeah. They fucking party, bro. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh yeah, the church leagues. They'll be really especially <laughs> co-ed. Co-ed. We did a tournament up. and it was on base, dude. And it was they call it was an all-nighter. Yeah, they wow. call it all-nighter, right? So it was like these dudes, like. Off doing these dudes, you know, high school ballers. Uh, some dudes played college, like you know, these dudes like they live the travel softball life, right? Reliving the glory days. We were out on base like six a.m., but that didn't stop them. They were fucking drinking. Dude, and, like, they drink, bro. Drink. Especially the co the co is like a big party. Yeah, yeah. But like those dudes, dude, they they get fucked up all game, then go out and get fucked up afterwards, and it's just like a weekend. It's just like a weekend thing. Oh, That's we all it is. Dallas, dude. I remember like we went to this place and uh. It's called Big League Dreams out in like outside of Dallas, and every softball field resembled like a yes. ballpark. So it was like, just like cool because you're like, oh, I'm I'm on Fenway, and it was like this nice turf, and like I feel like we had to play, we 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 did good in some tournaments and we qualified for it. So it was like cool, you know. There's a bunch of guys you knew that we went. To yeah, I already know. Who, we were, probably yeah, know who it is. Ragtag group of dudes, right? Was Epinet in there? Yeah, Epinet, dude. dude. That dude balls, bro. Dude, he lives that shit, though. Dude, dude he fucking no, balls. He's not like serious like those guys, right. like where he's gonna try to like fight somebody, right? Or but he loves that shit, yeah. you know. And he's damn good at it. Yeah. Uh, but it was just like, dude, like you know, I, I, and I would just go honestly because at the time, like I was a young single guy, so I'm like, y'all go to fucking Dallas for the weekend, and we'll just fuck around all day, and Why then not? go out at night. Yeah, that's cool. You know, but so that's not, why I would do it. Dude, Seven Tap should be sponsoring these guys now. Dude, they drink a lot of beer at those they things, do, bro. That's right. Samples. But I was, I was, uh, I was 16 years old when I when I when I when I did track. When I moved to back to Hawaii, I didn't do any sports at all because I wanted to go out for the football team. And I think I've told you this story before. I don't know if I did or not, but I wanted to go out for the football team because in Ho in Italy they did not have a trauma unit on base. So you couldn't have baseball and you couldn't have football. So I went from baseball. Yeah. Why would baseball have trauma? Let you know how many times you, you bust soccer, your though? bust your um, yeah. Though they had soccer. There's a higher probability of injury in soccer than baseball. There is, but yeah. according to the milit U.S. military, okay, okay. okay. Uh, there's no trauma. There's until you, first of all no football, and then no baseball because of uh, you know torn Achilles tendons and things like that, and so. Um, uh, when I moved to, to Italy, it's like, okay, well, all you can do is either volleyball, which I did volleyball, or you can do, you can run track, or you can do um, wrestling, which I didn't do wrestling, um, and then you can do basketball, which I didn't do. But um, I went to, uh, when, I, when, I, when I moved back to Hawaii, I was like, okay, I want to play football now. So I went to this, this high school, and they had, you know, about two weeks before school started, they had the, 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 the training, you know, the, um, what was it called? Before, before school started, they called it, um, what was that? What was the word that they use for training? Oh, dude, y'all know remember. what it is. I don't, I don't know what it is, but, but, it, but it was basically like before school started, you went and you trained. Mm. You had you had two workouts. You had. A I know morning what you're talking about. Like, I don't know why I can't yeah. think of it right so, now. but it was football, training right? Camp? It was like a training camp. But it's thing. yeah. But it's yeah. so I went the there. I went, I went there because I played fullback when I was in seventh grade. Okay, so I was I was decent at football. 
Well, I go there and they're like, okay, well, you need to fill out this paperwork, fill out the paperwork. And this guy hands it to me, he's a big ass Samoan guy, okay? I'm like, okay, I'll fill that out. And I hand it back to him. And then this, this coach comes in and goes, he looks at the guy, he says, what the hell are you doing? You need to be on the field. I'm like, he was a player. And I'm like, oh, hell no. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm going to be in the band, okay? I'm going to be in the band. Thank you very much. Because this guy was the rock. This guy was huge. And he was a junior in high school. So I said, no, 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 no. I'm not going to play football in Hawaii. Uh, because now, you know, you got, all these, you got yeah, all these Samoans and everything. Oh, you know, they, they live yeah. and breathe that shit. Yeah, we're gigantic. And, and not only that, I was like, I'd been so out of it for so long. I'm like, nah, I don't even know Did about it. Did your kids me. play any sports? Okay. My daughters danced. Mm-hmm. Uh, my son played soccer. I coached him in soccer. He played baseball. I coached him in baseball. He w- he did not like s- sports, and and I'm like I what I didn't push him either. I like sports because I needed to get away from my house and yeah. my family. Yeah. Okay, he was like, eh, sports okay, Dad, but I really don't want to be a part of it. And I didn't push him. I didn't tell him he had to be. But there was one time, and he knows this story, and I'm gonna tell it, and, and he'll forgive me for saying it. Um, he was not the greatest baseball player in the world because he just he just didn't he didn't really get it. And him and I, I would try to play catch with him in the backyard, and it would work every now and then. But sometimes I'd hit him in the face with the ball or something. And I think what happens one time I actually hit him when I was pitching to him, and he kind of got a little bit you know gun shy of the ball. Mm-hmm. But um, he was playing in a fall fall ball league, okay. And and I went to watch him, and he was playing le- uh, right field, and he was on the back. And some kid, it was it was a machine pitch. Okay. So some kid hit the ball out into the right field. I'm like, oh, you know, I'm like, oh crap. And Sage goes like this, literally goes like this, and he caught the ball. And the entire place erupted in freaking cheering because he was like this and he <laughs> caught the ball. He got the game ball that day and he still has it. Hell yeah. But he's like, I'm not about sports. I'm yeah. not about that. But here's the deal he didn't have to be. He wasn't one of those people that relied on, um, scoring points or or being the type of person who who brought the winning run in he's and i'm not saying people who do that are 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 misbalanced but he's like i'm cool well if you look at some of the goats like in sports like it's not the ones that were pressured to play it it's not the ones that had pre like pre like people in their family that played it's the people that were trying to escape from something perfect fucking example i don't know if y'all watch any basketball at all I'm a huge basketball guy. I fucking I don't. love basketball. I don't. The Dallas Mavericks are my shit. Yeah. Texas Longhorns college basketball. I'll follow it. Like I, I mm. one of the few people that I know that like I'm diehard basketball. Like I love basketball, right? Uh, the Denver Nuggets just won the championship. Uh, oh yeah. Their uh their star player, his name's Nikola Jokic, and uh, this dude's from uh, Serbia, I believe, mm. somewhere around there. He's from Serbia. Dude, like literally, like. As soon as they won the championship, he won the MVP. He gets to the mic and he was upset. They're like, the guy was like, "Are you ready for the the championship parade?" And he's like, "When's the parade?" And they're like, "Probably in like three days." He's like, "No, I gotta, I gotta go home. Like, yeah, I got horses, I got stuff. Yeah. Like, he, <laughs> I got a he life." Just, he wanted to go back to like Serbia and just like he's like, "I don't." Wow. Care. And then like someone like they came out with an article like two days later. It's like he lost his MVP trophy. He don't know where he left it. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, and, uh, and he made a comment about saying like he made a comment and he said uh, like during the interview he goes, I mean, it, it's a, everybody hates their job. I mean, I don't know anybody that does that likes their job. <laughs> and he's like, and if they do, they're lying, you know. And and then he was like, well, maybe that's not what I should have said. But, yeah. You know, it's it's wild that like someone that talented and 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 you see a lot of those examples. Of course, there's other like variables like someone right. like a 
LeBron James, who's that right. he was meant to be the fucking yeah. go. But you know what's funny? That, what's know? interesting is like you've got people from uh, from third world countries. Like like okay, to me, and my wife's gonna listen to this, so it's fine. To me, the most beautiful woman in the world is Mila Kunis. Okay. Mila Kunis. Mila Kunis. The, um, she uh, was. Se- she was uh, in the set, that seventy show. Yeah, yeah, she does yeah, yeah. stuff. Yeah. She's from Russia, okay, or I think either Russia or Ukraine. Her f- parents will not allow her to buy a meal for them. She's like, I've tried. I've tried to buy a meals. I've tried to buy, you know, but they won't do it. And I've talked about it. And my parents are like, Yeah, that's right. We don't. They grew up with they, their mentality is like. So different from, I think, the mentality that we have here as Americans in the fact that she has succeeded. She wants to treat her parents. She wants to spoil her parents, but her parents are, parents are like, no, no, we're good. We're good. Don't worry. We don't need, we raised you. You go do your thing. I'll say we this. don't need you. I'll say this. My parents are like that too. It's immigrant, immigrant culture. Uh, like my mom, like if I buy her something <laughs> for Christmas or something, which I do every Christmas, Mother's Day. She she literally every time gets so upset because she's like you could have spent that money on your kids not me don't do that and I remember like growing up like she would tell me she's like the day that I don't have to like you know I'd be you know high school college kid and she was like when you do grow up and if you are successful I never do anything for me please do not ever buy nothing for me she would always say this and still till this day she's and that's like, all you wanted she's to like, do she's like that's all I want the fact to know that you don't need anything is the best gift that like and they still to this day like if I say like on Mother's Day you know her birthday Christmas like I want to get her stuff you know and she's like nope she's so like hand-. so I have to like sneak it over there does she like experiences brother. though like you take her to do something or something like that or she doesn't want to do that either not really not even that I think like if one day like me and my brother said hey let's go to Mexico like your hometown I think that would be like yeah but I think that I think I those things are right now I'll be honest but the, <laughs> maybe one day for her I'll do it yeah like I think those things are sometimes people just can't say no to that like an experience like they can say no to a material item like yeah. my wife and I don't buy each other anything it's right. just like we'll just go on a trip yeah, like no, cause that's... you know like that shit is like like you could spend thousands of dollars on some material item yeah. just so some woman can show it off to another woman and like, yeah. but, but like fuck that, that dude, fuck that. Like that we don't shit. do that shit. Yeah. It's like, no man. And like, I don't want anything either. It's like, bro, we can spend a couple grand. We can have a good fucking time for like, yeah. s- like a seven days. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, yeah. she's so unmaterialistic. And it's like, but is it materialism or is it, <sighs> is it materialism or is it that the parent feels that the child thinks that the parent can't do it for themselves anymore that's that's different i mean that's yeah. a whole another different thing i don't think thing, that's though. my parents at all is that I your if you experienced that or? no 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 me no like yeah. like i would call like when i'd go when my, my grandparents were alive my grandmothers were alive i'd go to the store i would call them and go what do you need i'm going to the store what do you need oh mijo no 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 grandma what do you need you, okay yeah. well if you're gonna but i would love i every opportunity i had i would spoil my grandmother's Every opportunity I had, they didn't ask for it, but I forced it. Like, yeah. Grandma, no, 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 please. What do? You, okay, well, Mijo, if you're going to, then I do need this. Okay, well, let me do it for you. Okay, but they knew that I wasn't. But but I think it's a it's different when a grandchild does it versus a child because I was like, I this is why I'm here, Grandma. This is why I flew over here. I flew over here to help you to take care of you. Tell me what I can do to help you. Oh, like my parents still do shit sometimes. <laughs> Like why? <laughs> you know, not in a bad way, but it's like like I'll show up and like 
I show up and there's like all this shit piled up outside the front door and it's and like I call mom I'm like why'd you do she's like well was it Sam's and I figured you know I bought waters for y'all like you know Christian likes this juice and it's like two cases of like apple juice and it's like why like I we can do this ourselves like we're not yeah. you know but I think that's just I mean every, everyone has different different values and right. the, the way they feel like they need to contribute whether it be monetarily or time yeah. you know and then some people like have this this weird thing to where they they're it's almost vindictive to where they feel like they need to let you know they did something right you know what right. i mean yeah like and that's just it's i think it's just I think well it you know what i've gotten into i've gotten into watching hoarders okay it's, it's really because you talked about like your grandma you know when you go to your grandparents house or your mom's it's like they got so much shit just like yeah. piled up everywhere we're gonna that's to, really good we're gonna have to run head to head oh she has to go so try that with that head to head of these two yeah so um but uh uh i watch hoarders um, I've got HBO Max. I got the new HBO, which I love because it's got all these Discovery channels and all these yeah, shows, yeah. right? So I get to watch all these shows. So does uh, um, Hulu. Do you have Hulu? I have Hulu too. Okay. But I like HBO Max because it has the Anthony Bourdain shows. Yeah. It's got all those shows that that okay. I had to be like I had to get on Discovery Plus if I wanted it, and I didn't want to buy that. So um, I watch Hoarders and shows like, oh, is that so that you can feel better about yourself? And for a while, it, he was like, yeah, it was. But I went back and I started watching from the very first episode. And today, when you watch Hoarders, they talk, you know, they show people pulling stuff out of the house and they show people freaking out and everything. But when you watch the first season, there's a lot more psychological analyzation about it. And I grew up moving every three to four years, no matter what, we're gone. So guess what? This goes in the trash. You can't oh, keep it. Oh, so anything. you're a hoarder. So I'm a, but I'm a hoarder. <laughs> no, but I didn't know this. My hoarding is, is, um, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for is um, uh, only in my studio. But okay? what is it? What What do you okay. value? Here's what you material know. items do you value? I have high school papers oh, in my from, in, from, from in files kids? in files. No, for me, from you, for me that I wrote. Because when my mom, when my parents, because every four or five years we'd move, and well, when we moved from Hawaii, when I stayed in Hawaii, my parents had everything put into storage. So when my parents came to visit us in Italy after I married my wife. They brought me all the stuff that I had stored. I'm like, oh, cool. So I kept it because it brought back memories. But then I thought to myself, okay, when I die, somebody's going to have to go through all this shit, right? Well, Cheryl said, so you watch Hoarders because it makes you feel better about yourself? I said, no, no. I watch it because I learn about myself. Okay. I've learned a lot about myself as a person because my dad used to come into my room and used to take everything out of the... I mean, he would literally pull everything out of the closets, throw it on the floor, everything out of the drawers, throw it on the floor and goes, clean it up. If you don't need it, throw it away. I've get I've had to say goodbye to friends, loved ones, people people I grew up with every four years because of my dad's occupation. This is why I didn't join the military. Because I was in the military. I, I grew up in the military. I love the military. Don't get me wrong. I love the military. I, God bless everybody in the military. But I've never I never had anything that was consistent mm -hmm. continuous throughout my life throw that away you don't need it but it's my star wars poster you don't need it throw it away that shit's worth 800 bucks today okay yeah. but but anyway that, that's not what i'm talking about but i never got to keep anything it was always get rid of it you don't need it my grandmother was a hoarder i didn't know what hoarding was but her house had was stuffed full of stuff she never threw it away not be, i don't think necessarily because she was a hoarder but because they didn't have trash pickup. Yeah. They burned all their trash. Okay. So what I learned about myself was that 
I have certain mental tendencies that make me want to hold on to things because either one, I'm afraid I can't find it again, but I realize what it is, I'm cheap. I don't want to have to buy it again if I need it. And Cheryl's like, well, if you don't know if you're going to need it, why don't you get rid of it? Because I feel it's financially irresponsible for me to throw away something I may have to buy again. Well, so in the future, well, there's a- I think I'm the opposite of you because so like I'll, I'll explain this from like our marriage standpoint, like like you know like Leanne will be cleaning or whatever, and she'll be like, you know, you could help me do this, you can help me do that, and like and she and she'll always point back to where like. She's like, when I first met you, you were so organized. Like, everything was clean. It was so organized, blah, blah, blah. And now you're kind of not like that. And the truth of it being is, because I love her and I've adapted to her way. And I'm not saying she's messy by any means. Like, she's a very clean person, but it's different. Mm. The reason that my shit was so organized and clean is because I was very minimal. And, and like, sometimes I want to be, when she says that, I want to be like, I would throw this whole fucking house away. You know, like, because I'm that type of person where it's like, that's questionable. I might need it someday. I might not. It's going to the trash. I, like, I still I, have a I wanna check. Get, I want to get rid of stuff. Like, I want yeah. as less clutter or as less I'm stuff the same as way. possible. I'm the same way. And that's why, like, when Leanne says that stuff, like, sometimes I want to be like, be careful what you wish for because I will throw this. I would throw ninety percent. Well, it's psychological, but if you think it's about psychological, it, but let me tell you yeah. this: we'll I still have. I, still, <laughs> I, I just recently, I just recently threw away a three dollar check that I bounced when I was nineteen years old. I kept it. I kept the check that the bank sent back to me because I said this is as broke as I've ever been in my life, and I never want to be that way again. So I'm going to keep it so that I know I'll never be that way again. That's, and then I would keep that. And then yeah, recently, that's, that's I said, but then recently, I said, you know what? Fuck this. I'm never going to go back to that again. I don't have to remember that. And what happens is when I look at all these things that I've kept that I think are emotional, they're triggers. They trigger me to remember something that was either bad or a lesson that I learned. Dude, you already learned a lesson. Why are you trying to keep teaching yourself the damn lesson? After you throw them away, do you ever think about them again? I just did just, did just now. I did just now. Yeah, but but you I've miss had, do you miss them? I've I've had those times before. I'm like, oh man, that's a cool shirt, dude. I remember, you know, we yeah yeah we were doing this. You know, we went out. I was wearing this shirt or whatever. Or I got this picture on Facebook. I was wearing this. And then okay. I throw it out, and then I'm like, I don't. Father's Day cards and anniversary cards. Do you keep them or do you throw them away? I don't keep nothing, bro. Yeah. I have a it means file. nothing to me. I have an entire file cabinet, that's, dude. Good on you, bro. I, I, look. I think that's great, yeah. but for me and my wife is still, my wife throws away the kids' fucking drawings and shit. Mm. Here's why. We talked about it. Well, Look, my wife does it. See, that's my, what I'm saying? Uh, here's, here's, like, it depends on if it's like, or we cycle them in and we throw them away once we get new ones. Here's why. She said her mom was the worst fucking hoarder ever, and she kept oh. everything, and that to the point to where it literally drives her crazy wow. to have anything yeah. because she grew up with all that. So she goes and she this way she's completely way. opposite. So she's wow. like, she'll be like, the kids aren't looking to throw this way. I'm like, all right, cool, but we'll cycle it back. And I've become that way too, because um. But here's what I think is interesting about all the psychological shit related to holding on to anything, is that. You have to find a fine line to what you want to hold on to and what you want to let go. Because if you think about this, like, right, okay, you think about, look, these dishes are clean and they're going to become dirty. 
and they can stay dirty forever. At some point, you have to clean them again. And it's just like a whole cycle. It's just like your clothes, right? It's like, it. I don't know if y'all know where I'm going with this, but what I'm getting at is like, you, you're going to have to do these things no matter what. Right. Like, so at what point do you decide, okay, this is one extreme or the other? Like, but everyone associate like, a tie into your emotions to a material, a physical item, it, it happens right. to all of us right. because I have a vehicle that I put $20,000 in that was my grandfather's right. that my memories are tied to that. Right. So right. I can't say shit because I have something that takes up, you know, 12 right. foot by fucking six foot, right. you know, of the earth, you know, right. that I'm holding on to. Yeah. But so, I mean, I can't say anything about you holding on to some. Uh, well, that's very interesting because I have a very, very good friend of mine who's a doctor. Yeah. And his wife is a doctor too. And she just died recently. He had called me when I was in Dallas a few few months ago when I was at the uh, um, the um, fan days, the expo, the the geek, the uh, thing that Sage and I go to. Yeah. Um, and he called me and I was like, Comic Con, Comic Con. Yeah, the Comic Con. And I said, Doctor, I'm not gonna say his name. I was like, he called me. And I was like, I didn't recognize the number. He goes, Hey, it's Doctor. So goes, he goes. I said, Oh, I said, I can barely hear you. I'm in Dallas. Can I call you back? He goes, Yes, please call me back. So I called him back when I got back, and it turns out his wife passed away. Okay. And I was like, What? She was. She wasn't in the best of health, but she was she was younger than him, and so I went and saw him the other day. And he and I said, "So what's going to happen?" He says, "Well, he goes, he said, um, a an estate, an estate um, company is going to come in and they're going to sell everything in the house. I'm going to take the few things that I need, and that's going to be that." And I thought to myself, "Holy shit! Everything that they've accumulated." And they've got wonderful children. They, they've got three children who are doctors and surgeons. Okay, they they're good. And he's moving to Oklahoma to be close to them, but she had passed away unexpectedly. But everything that they had accumulated throughout their life is going to be sold mm-hmm. in an estate sale mm-hmm. over two days. And I thought to myself, "Oh my God! You know what? What, what, am, what am I holding on to? What, what, am, what am I holding on to? Certain things. I, last thing I want is for my children to come into my into my studio and go." What the hell is this? Just throw it away. But, Something know, that I put things. I get it. Things like that are like. You know, they're, they're dear to you. Yeah. And I've had this conversation with, with my parents because my dad, and as fucked up, this might sound really fucked up. I'm just going <laughs> to. Everything we say is sounds dad, fucked up. My dad owns uh, land in Mexico, right? Yeah. My mom owns land in Mexico, right? And I've told both of them this. It's like, I haven't been to Mexico in six years. I would love to go back. I would love to go. My grandma's still alive. Who, you know, I don't. Yeah. Everybody talks about their grandparents sometimes, but I, I've seen my. I would see my grandma once a year. That was during Christmas, right? And now it's been like six years. Wow. You know? Because they live in Mexico. I got cousins. I got family over there. One day I, w- I would love to go back. But, again, getting back to where I'm going, like, I've told my parents this. I was like, when you pass away, right, do you have plans of going back? Like, I, I've asked them this. Like, do you have plans of going back to Mexico and, like, making a life there? And they're like, no, we're pretty much set on this, you know, uh, now you know they have zoe and christian and my brother's got a little one on the way so like your grandkids are here you know your kids are here like they've kind of made peace with the idea that they're never going back like this is where they're at right you know this is their family right so they have all this land and stuff there and i'm like what do you what are you doing with that like when you die like i'm not going there to fucking claim this shit like i, I don't even know where to start yeah right and i don't mean that in a bad way where no. like i'm being yeah. greedy i mean that like Sell that shit, whatever money you get from that, enjoy it now yeah. while you're here. Yeah. You know, because if you think you're leaving us something or, or if that's like a part of like, or if there's something you're hanging on to, like, it's 
it's gonna mean nothing. Like yeah. I don't know who. But then it's hard to tell your parents that what they value you don't. Right. Exactly. That's 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 the really. Well, everyone comes from a different time, and they attach emotions to different things. You know, and just is what it is. So, what do you what do you value most? Time, time. Time. So, so if you lost your house in a fire, and you lost all that, you didn't care about. No, what about any time? Like my mom would be like, "Your garage is open, the house is unlocked." I'm like, "I don't give a fuck. I have insurance." Like, I don't care. Like, I have... No, I love that you... I don't... I even my grandma... My, my, like the that. one thing that I value probably more than anything materialistic, like, the, out of everything, is probably that vehicle that I was talking about, my grandfather's vehicle. But at the end of the day, it's got insur- insurance. Right. And if it fucking burns down right now, bro, I don't give a fuck. Like, I literally don't value anything. And uh, I think it's because I took... I had At one point, I had, awesome. all, I had all these material items. I was making so much money. And then that all got kind of cut in half, and I changed paths, and changed direction i went to living out of an rv trying to be minimalistic got rid of everything i had and i just realized dude none of that means shit to me it really don't and so like now i don't like i really don't i don't i value time because like time's one thing that we all like we all can't buy it we we can't buy it you can't duplicate it you can't you can't go back and change things it's like we have this moment and it's we choose how to live in this moment and then at the same time like 10 years from now that moment can never be replicated again. Like it's so unique. This one second right now can never be duplicated. Right. Well, and that's my problem too, is I hold on to memories. Is and that's, hold, that's hold, fine, dude. I, like, but, but, but in a sense, it's like, I'm, I'm a little bit too, um, uh, uh, emotionally attached to certain things because they trigger something for me, you know? And I don't know if it's because through my men, you know, growing up mentally, you know, having dyslexia and, and have, and not being able to, really understand how my brain works is that um, I'm afraid that if I let it go off, I'm going to forget it. Mm-hmm. But what's interesting is, is I'll go there and I'll try to clean up stuff. I'm like, I'm going to clean this out and I'll see. And I go, Oh my God. And I remember that. And it's a happy memory. Some of them are not happy memories, but I remember them because they taught me a lesson. Yeah. Now, would I have still remembered the lesson if I thrown it away? Probably. But it's like one of those things where I, I, I kind of think back and remember it. But I look at people who have lost everything in a fire, all their pictures, all their things. And I think to myself, they don't have a choice. Right. They don't have a choice of what they remember. So what I do is when I go through and I look at things, I go, okay, is this, I think to myself, where do I want to be in my life? Okay, I want to be this, I want to be that. Does this memory contribute to that or does it? Well, heard it. What 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 happens when one day you get dementia and you lose those memories? That's then true. where's the value? I mean, I'll say this. It's like what, like what? But it, that's just like the dirty dishes things. They're clean, so if you never wash them, they're never going to get dirty, right, right. right? But it's like fuck. Like what do you what do you compartmentalize and what do you prioritize? It's just fucking hard, right? right. I'll say this, like from my perspective, like I'm kind of like you, where I don't value like people always think like, do you value this? Do you value like I don't I don't give a fuck like my truck. Catches on fire right now. I know the restroom. Sorry. Go for, 15, it. 15, Go, 15 for it. Go for it. Go for it. If my house <laughs> catches on fire, like that's cool, right? But I do value money from a certain sense. And it's not the sense that people would think. Like people think, like, oh, you're being greedy. You want this, you want that. And it's like, I value success and I value money. And you- I'm, 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 I'm aiming for that. From the sole perspective that I want to give my family better life experience. Do you co-mingle success and money together, though? Or are they two different things? They are two different things. Because 
fuck success, honestly. Yeah. You know, like you can you can sit here and say, man, you've done this, you because if you look at it from the outside's perspective, right? Like let's look at it right now. You could say, man, you're you're a successful person, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, either one of us could say that, yeah, exactly. but we still don't have the money we want. Right, you don't have the, exactly, exactly. Like, we could sit here and look at each other, yeah. and we could say, hey, man, you're a very successful guy. And I know that professionally, like, if we put this shit on paper right now, I'm a very successful person. Yeah. The money doesn't equate to that. But the, I and think... I, and I'm not chasing money, I'll say this. Like, I don't, I don't mean it that way, but I want to be able to provide, like... I wish I did have more so I could provide my children with better life experiences. I, I agree. I think that the only reason I want more money is so I don't have to worry about money. Exactly. But then everyone that has more money seems to worry about it. But I feel like I'm in a different mindset than yeah. those individuals. Like there's those individuals that have a lot of money that tie everything to that money. Right, right. And that's their identity. And they keep that's chasing it. And they keep that's chasing never going to be my identity. Yeah. Like, they attire, they t- like what clothes you wear, where you shopping at, right, what right, you doing. Right. Like me wanting money just means that I don't want to have to worry about it, but not so much for my children's sake, but more for like, just my wife is always worried about it, but not like, cause we need it. She's just always worried yeah. about it. And it, like, if I could like relieve that labor, like exactly. that, 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 that you know, from her, and at the same time, always know that all this is taken care of. Right, right. And I don't really, after we die, I don't give a fuck what happens. Right, That's right, kind of right. where I'm at. Like, right, right. I'm not trying to leave a legacy because who the fuck knows what's going to happen? Like, We'll try to set these kids up, but if they fuck it up, that's on them. I'm not right. trying to leave no generational wealth. I'm just not. Like, right. I'm just trying to, like, get through my no, life. No, no, no. And, like, no, I get that. That's exactly where I'm yeah. at. It, it, it's nothing like, hey, I'm just trying to, I'm, I want to be rich. It's more of like, if I had a little more money. Like, right now, we're, we're, we're trying to find Zoe car, right? And I'm over here ch- shopping for fucking deals, and it's like, if I, I didn't have to, more, but but, but here's the thing, but like I, but and get you what you deserve. But here's girl. the thing, like but here's, no, get you what I can. What I, will cost me the less amount of time, not what she deserves, right, right. but what costs you less. But amount here's of time. the thing, like like if you get them everything that they want, like then they're right, not gonna right, appreciate. Right. You got to find a happy medium, right? Extent, yeah. right? I yeah. feel like we talked about the car last time. Yeah, yeah. We, like, we did, but we we lost the last episode. Yeah, so don't. No, I agree. I think that um. Buy her damn car, bro. I, I am. I am. I mean, <laughs> but here's the no, 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 no. Here, <laughs> but don't buy her the Mercedes she wants. No, I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell you this. I'm going to tell you this as a father of two daughters. You want to buy her a car whose battery won't die. Exactly. Who it's has dependable. AC. It's dependable. Yeah, that's dependable because Good there comes a point in time where you're like, because guess who's guess who's, it's always going to be on empty. <laughs> guess who's going to get a call and you know at three well, o'clock. Let me tell you right now. The, the search ain't easy to find like something within the price range. No, it's with not. decent miles. Like it's, it's well, here's the deal. We're probably gonna be looking for a car for Cheryl soon, and we've got a good Honda Accord that's very. I just put a new radiator in it, and I'm gonna tell you this. I, and I say this, and and I was I'm always the kind of person that I would say looks at things half full versus half empty, because Cheryl's radiator blew while I was in Dallas last time at the um, at the uh, Anime Expo. And she said, my car's overheating. Da, da, da. I said, stop it. Don't move it. Do I know exactly what's going on with it. She sent me a picture. So my, my brother-in-law, Lance, who's really good at cars, he came and looked at it. He goes, I don't see anything. I said, I'm, I'm telling you, it's probably the radiator. Okay, d- d- don't run it. So Cheryl didn't get an opportunity to go out on it. But so when I came back, I was like, I actually came back a little bit early. And I was like, yeah, it's a radiator. You can see it. It's cracked. Okay. But to me, it's like, I'm so glad that happened because the following week, guess what happened? We all lost power. We had that storm that came through that messed 
everybody up. Yeah. Everybody. Okay. And I had to drive to Texarkana to find gas. And guess whose car I drove in? Cheryl's car. But you know why? Because it gets better gas mileage and it's got a new radiator. Yeah. But, <laughs> um, but I drove there and I, I, I put, I had seven gallons, I had seven gallons of, of tank of, you know, extra cans that I, I put for my, for my um, uh, generator. But I took her car. But it's a Honda Accord and it's very reliable and I know how to work on it and I know how to, to take care of it. So I'm very happy for that. But she's gonna have she's gonna have to get a new car here soon. But a car that you can physically go in and work on is as as at least at your daughter's age, that is the best thing. Cause my daughter, my uh Lindsay had Cheryl six to six. She blew the head gasket on it. Okay, but you know why? Because the radiator blew and the head gasket blew. So guess what? They wanted $2,000 for a head gasket. I said, I'll do it. I never put in a head gasket before. Well, guess what? I learned how to put in a head gasket on a Mazda 626. And not only that, I gave my daughter AC again. She started crying when she started her car and AC started. She started crying because she hadn't had AC. So a child, a, a young a person needs to understand, look, you don't get my Infinity QX56 when you start your car, okay? You're gonna get a car that sometimes you're gonna have to roll with the windows down because yeah. that's the only way you're gonna be able to cool it off yeah. because you have to let them learn. Well, they, they don't know sometimes. Like sometimes I'll get these links, right? And it's a fucking BMW, right? And she's like, it's only $13,000. And it's like, do you realize this car has 200,000 miles on it? It's a BMW. And if something fucking goes wrong, yeah. it's it costs me $8,000, yeah, yeah, yeah. yes. Yeah, it's not yeah, worth like it. They don't realize this. But this it needs to be, yeah. You're, like, you're in the realm of like, you, dude, just go Jeep. Jeep I'm going to tell you something, tell you like something <laughs> about children. Oh, I'm looking at Civics and Accord. There you go. There you go. I'm going to tell you something about children. My my son um, had the opportunity to um, uh, advance in his company. Okay. So he's actually doing stuff for Lamborghini now out of San Francisco. He wasn't Ferrari. He wasn't Ferrari. But then he sat, it was more of an office type job. And he told me, he said, dad, he goes, this is not me. This is not, this is not what I want to do. And, and I hope, and I say this because it's, I think it's a lesson to everybody. It's not because I'm trying to you know, put my son's business out there. But I told him, I said, bear, I call him bear. I said, if it's not what you want to do, don't do it. First of all, he's got plenty of money. He's very smart with his money. I said, you're not, you're not doing it for the money. Do it because you want to do it. You know how many people you meet every day who want your job, you know? And so he did that for a couple of days and then he went back to driving Ferraris every day, delivering, he goes, dad, he goes, I drove my first F8 out to South Lake and I realized this is what I wanna do. I said, then do it. Don't, don't be that person who's like, well, I'm afraid that I don't wanna say something because people, no, no, if it's not what you wanna do, don't do it, okay? So he's gonna be going back to do that. And he can be 45, 50 years old, still being support, but he's still driving Ferraris every day. That's what he wants to do. All day long. I think that's a great advice to young people is to say, like, dude, do what fuck. Before you're married, before you have kids, do what makes you happy, right? Because I'll say this from personal experience, and I don't know if y'all can relate to this or maybe not. After a while, you get, like, everything I did when I graduated high school, like college was like good job make the money make the money make the money yep. make the money i would take extra call whatever now i'm in a position where i do make good money well now my family's dependent mm -hmm. on that money right mm -hmm. so it's like i can't go back right. and unfortunately i put myself in that position right. where it's like even with my business where it's like 
hey, you know, if you were to quit your job and you go on your business full time, you are taking a pay cut because you can't draw that amount from your business and expect it to continue to be successful or at least, you know, not put a fucking hindrance on it, right? Yeah. And also, I have other people to deal with. I mean, I have business partners that, you know, this is not just my baby, correct? So this is their future also, hopefully. But, like, that's my advice to, like, young people. Like, even when young people come to, like, our job, I'm like, what do you what do you think you want to do? Like, fucking go for it. Yeah. And people <laughs> all the time are like, you know, these travel jobs, they're offering thousands <clears throat> right. upon thousands, and I'm like, go. Do it. Go well, you know what? I told my son, I read a book a long time ago called uh, The Millionaire Mind and The Millionaire Next Door. And The Millionaire Next Door and The Millionaire Next Door talk about there's janitors who are millionaires. Because they were smart with their money, it you can make a hundred thousand dollars a year, but if you spend one hundred twenty, you're screwed. If you make fifty thousand, but you only spend forty, you're much hey, further ahead. You're much further ahead. And so I taught my children this. I taught my daughter this. I taught my son this, because nobody taught it to me. Yeah. And I am not financially at all financially thing, but my children are so much more financially set that if I were to die tomorrow. One of my last, if, if I were to, I wouldn't be worried like, oh my God, can my kid? No, we've, Cheryl and I have trained our, have raised our kids. They have zero college debt. They got scholarships. All our children started out with zero um, loans. They're like, all this whole for loan forgiveness stuff, we don't care about it. Our children don't care about it because they started out debt free. Now, when you let's send your children out and they start off debt free, what happens after that, you can't control. Yeah, yeah. But they if you, up. yeah. You, but I if you it. teach them right, if you teach them right and go, okay, here's what you do. Sage is very much like, look, he's very, very, he bought us a $90 dinner. And I hope he forgives me for saying this, but we went out to eat and he paid for it. And to see your children pay for your meal is to me one of the greatest things in the world. You know, and we went to your mama. (laughs) (laughs) And the thing is, the thing is, we don't, we don't, we don't, we 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 do not provide our children economic outpatient care. Which, if you read the book Millionaire Mind or Millionaire Next Door, there's a thing called EOC, which is economic outpatient care, which is you still provide money for your children. Dude, every fucking body I know does that shit, and it that is the worst thing you can do for your children. It drives me crazy because you're enabling them. Well, there's there's people I I know that have that makes sense to what my mom said. She said the day that I see that you don't need anything from me is the day I know everything. I succeeded. Yeah, Yeah. that I I raised you right. Right, right, exactly. But I can't stand that that I see that and these. And they don't know any better because they provoked them this entire time. Right, right, right. Yeah. They're just yeah. like, oh, I can't handle this. But they've never had the been put in the position, the children never been put in the position to have to deal with it, to not have a fallback. Dude, you know how many motherfuckers I have encountered after I've dug into like stuff and just get to know people <laughs> that like you look at them and you're like, dude, this guy is, he's fucking killing it. He's doing great. And you find out his fucking parents are helping yeah, him out. Daddy's helping him. Yep. Mama's helping yep. him. Or, or there's another one where like these people are literally like, uh, shooting out this invoice to pay for this bill. Yep. Like they're literally doing this the yep. whole fucking time. And you think like, they're killing it. They think they're killing it. And it's like, they're dependent on this to make this happen. Snorlax. What's up with you Snorlax? You know Snorlax. Yeah, bro. I used to awesome. do Pokemon, man. I used to do Pokemon. What's up with it? I am Snorlax. Okay. According to my grandson, I am Snorlax. You every snore? time, every time, bro, like <laughs> a freaking rhino. Sleep apnea. 
Uh, I have sleep. No, I did, and then. But here's what happened. I ended up having to. Y'all talked about this the last episode. Yeah, yeah. We talked about. I had to wrap my face. I couldn't do it. So I'm gonna go back to a sleep a sleep study and do it. But. My, my butterbean, my grandson, says I'm Snorlax. Every time he sees the Snorlax, he's like, it's pop-up, it's pop-up. So for Father's Day, he got me this shirt, my shirt. So I'm like, yes, baby, my butterbean, I am your Snorlax. <laughs> um, and, uh, but I've become his pokey bitch because he, he has a Pokemon account that Cheryl, Cheryl does. And it was on my phone. So when I was out working, I'd be like at Highland and, go, and Cheryl would be like, make sure you spin stops. So I'd be spinning stops for Hunter and all this stuff. And I'd be spinning all these stops and doing these things. And I know nothing about Pokemon, but I've ended up learning because of all the stuff they told me. But this child knows what an evolution of this one is to this one and that one. And Cheryl talks to me about Pokemon. And all of, all of a sudden, I had this beautiful mind. Like all these numbers going on in my head. I'm like, I, I, I don't even know what the hell Jeez, you're talking about. These kids are fucking wild, dude. They are. It is, and so I've I've learned stuff. And the other day, I said something to Cheryl. And I go, "Oh my God, I can't believe I just said that. I know exactly what you're talking about." Um, and so, but but she ended up getting. We have we have an extra cell phone, and she ended up doing a. She ended up getting a hotspot on her cell phone so that she can do that. So because she used to take my cell phone and she used to go out and do pokey hunts. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you know, if your car breaks down, I don't know about it because you have my phone. So she she's done that and she does that with him and. And uh, I'm so blessed that um, my grand my, my daughter lets us spend time with him, and I I don't see my how old is he now? Hunter's five. My my butterbean is five. Crazy. I feel like he was just born. Yeah, he was. Yeah, crazy, it feels like dude. it, huh? It's crazy. And then I have a new grandchild, and I don't get to see him as much. But shout I thought, out to him. What's his name? Um, his his name is Grady Carlton Golden the third. Okay. Nice. But I call him Peanut because okay. he's like a little Peanut. She's like Cheryl calls him Peanut. Um, but here's the thing we don't get to see him as much but there's a good reason for that when I was taking flight training and I flew the plane for the first time I was scared and I wanted my flight instructor to give me to take to to hold on to that for him to say after I've been flying for a long time for a while I told my flight instructor I got it I got the controls I got the controls my daughter has the controls now. She has her second child. She doesn't have to rely on Cheryl and me. And personally, it's a heartbreak. But that's only because of us. But to see her blossom and become a mom like Cheryl has been, has been one of the greatest things I've ever experienced. But there's good and bad in it. She's so good, she doesn't need us to help her. Because we've helped her so much become a great mom that we've kind of pushed ourselves out of the equation mm-hmm. and it's, it breaks our heart. But in the end game, her being an awesome mom and loving on her children and not needing grandparents to be anything but grandparents is awesome. Yeah. yeah it's a com- culmination. Of but what personally, personally, it breaks my heart. So you have this, what is more important? Well, it's more important that her and her husband have a family and this is what they do. And I saw something a while back that's talked about, it was a, a, like, a, I think a church thing that said, okay, when a man marries his, his and this is what's funny is because when I married my wife, I, I left my family. So when my daughter married her husband and they became a family, they had to do what was in their 
family. Not what we always do. Yeah. What they want to do. They need to create their own thing. And it's very difficult because you you love on these these children, these grandchildren so much that you forget that all you are is a grandchild. It's a grandparent. You're not a parent. You're a grandparent. And I've been so blessed. And I told Cheryl, I said, I didn't even realize that I... I didn't, when, when we had, after we had Sage, it was like, that's it. Cause all I wanted was one child. But when Hunter was born and he was, he became, was like, I love this. I hate it because I'm old and my body is not the same as it was. And I've got all these, you know, I got all these problems with my body because I'm, I'm older and he's got all these little different diseases that he picks up at school, you know, at daycare. <laughs> and all of a sudden I have the worst, um, strep throat I've ever had in my life. But to see your children become independent is a double-edged sword 